Hallelujah. My, my. Oh, you just sit here. Oh, you just sit here and do this. <laughs> oh, we'll go back. I'm telling you, we need that word about now. We're only halfway through this season called Lent. You know, when you're only 20 into 40, it looks like a long way <laughs> to the end. I don't know about you, if you, if you decided to give up something for Lent, you might be suffering from a little separation anxiety right about now. <laughs> or if you pick something on for this season, it might be getting a little heavy. This is about the time in our season of Lent that we start feeling a little hungry. And we might want to go back. I mean, Advent was just yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, where's that little baby? Where's that joy and that happiness? Or we might even want to just, you know, just speed through time and get right on to Easter, that resurrection moment where right after that we get Pentecost and we can get busy being the church, being on fire for God, yeah. right? But no, we're in Lent. Contemplative season of listening. Sitting and listening. Amen. Will you pray with me? <laughs> oh, Lord, we do not want to go back. But we need some courage, God. We need that inspiration. We need to be reminded indeed that this is the day. That right here in this very present moment, you are trying to break in. And this moment is pregnant with possibility. This moment can change the very season of our lives. So God, help us to open our minds, our hearts, our souls to hear your word for us this day. In this we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in this journey of Lent, and we chose the theme of holy listening for this season, which would be practical for a season of Lent. And we've stuffed a few things in our journey bag. We put the book by Mark Nepo, 7,000 Ways to Listen, Drawing Close to the Sacred, and um, the Bible. We're following the lectionary text for the season of Lent, the gospel text. And we've done these two readings, and we've paired them together in hopes that as we journey with Jesus, as he's getting closer and closer to Jerusalem, closer and closer to that time of suffering, that as we journey with him and we see what he's saying and doing, that we can listen well, that Nepo will come in and give us some assistance to listen all the way through the wilderness, all the way to wholeness. And I have to say that I am so grateful for Mark Nepo this particular week when I drew the lot of the scripture reading from Luke. It was a little hard to listen to Jesus talking when someone comes and asks what it seems to be a fair question about the connection between suffering and sinning. And he says, yep, and repent, for you too shall perish. Seemed a little hard to listen to. And it seemed even harder to listen to when he starts talking about a defenseless little fig tree who was going to get cut down because it didn't bear fruit in a timely manner. So it became hard to listen to this passage. And so I had to face some fear and go a little deep, make sure I could stare that fear in the face and read this passage with new eyes. And one of the first thing I noticed when I looked at this passage is it says, at that very moment, the crowd offered up this question to Jesus. And 
So I realized that we were walking in on a conversation, in the middle of a conversation. So I wanted to do my research. I wanted to see if I could hear why Jesus so hastily offered these words that seemed a little harsh. And so I want to get you caught up. And the, the same crowd, Jesus is talking to the same crowd just a few verses before. And indeed, there was a conversation already going on. What Jesus is trying to do, this crowd in this time, is he's trying to teach about the inbreaking of God's kingdom, the community of God. That God is trying to come and change a season in their life. So he's, he's talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. And you can tell with the urgency of his language is that he's trying to get their attention. Listen, listen close, he says, because he calls them a few names, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So <laughs> listen close. This is the conversation we walk in on. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Jesus says, you hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. How is it that you do not know how to interpret the present time in your life? Why do you not judge for yourself what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the judge, try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or your adversary may drag you to the judge, and the judge turn you over to an officer, and the officer throw you in prison. And I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid every last penny. This is the conversation we walk in on. I don't know if it's any easier to hear than the other one, but <laughs> this is where we walk in on. And so somebody, it clearly riled up the, the crowd, because somebody rises up and says, well, you want us to interpret the times? Interpret the season of my life. Let me give you a present situation, Jesus, and you help us interpret this. Is this a sign? They're sort of asking. And they bring up a situation where some Galileans were brutally attacked by Pontius Pilate. They were actually in the sanctuary worshiping and offering their sacrifices when they were killed. And so they're asking, and you don't really see the question, but it's very much implied by Jesus' response. They're they're asking a question about, well, how do you interpret this? Did they, was Pilate, you know, maybe just reacting in divine judgment? Like, was this God's punishment on them? Seems to be the question they're asking because Jesus, in his typical fashion, answers a question with a question. And he says, no, I tell you, these Galileans were not, Worse off or bad, more bad people than anybody else. Repent or you too shall perish. And just to close the loophole, in case we're wondering about suffering and about that particular thing, he, then he offers another unjust situation for them to consider. He mentions about this time when the Tower of Siloam fell on 18 people and they died. And so he said, and do you think those people were any worse off or more guilty than anyone else, than you. I say no, repent, or you too shall perish. And this is the part where it, it got a little tricky for me. This is the part where it just broke open for me when I went to research the word repent. Because then when I went to look at the word repent, I discovered that what it means is the changing of one's mind the changing of one's thoughts, turning away from that which brings you death towards that which brings you life. So what you might 
pick up there and it makes a little bit more sense that underneath those questions is this ideology that suffering is because people have done bad things or God's just trying to, to work it out. And Jesus is kind of, he's, he's kind of saying no because what he does, doesn't say is as important as what he does say. You see, when he answered their question, he did not come to defend God. He did not come and say, that God is one that would intervene or pull the strings when these situations are happening. So he wasn't really saying that God had failed them either. So what he's saying, what he doesn't say, is so important for us to hear, and then he offers this word, which they would have understood is change that thinking. It's killing you. And then he offers this story about a fig tree, and how it so quickly was dismissed. This, this story, I believe, is the way Jesus immediately is lifting up for them an awareness that he's saying, turn from this thinking, because if you don't, you will walk away too soon. You will lose what's right on the edge of this barren season. You will miss something. Because if you dig it up, you just got to plant another one, wait another three years. He's saying, seize the day, seize this moment. The weather is changing. Can't you see God's trying to break into your life? Repent, think, change your ideology, change your theology, change your view of God and each other and what's happening in your very life. I was grateful to get a little help from Nemo in this because I had to go back and back and back. Nemo. <laughs> I, I get a lot of help from that Nemo too, let me tell you. <laughs> Jesus invites us to repent of a paradigm. He says, stop deluding yourself and repent of the idea that you can avoid suffering and death if you're good enough. And stop judging others who are suffering that they're getting their just rewards. Don't use their pain as a mean to separate yourself from them. And don't use your pain as a mean to separate yourself from God or from each other. Don't let it distance you. I love what one commentator had to say on this passage. It says, Jesus' parable is about God waiting on people who don't give a fig about what those who are victims are going through in the world. You know, we can't really blame these people for asking this question. I don't know about you, but I kind of like a tidy, neat, cause and effect kind of mentality. I like it to be fair, especially when I'm unjustly being persecuted. <laughs> then I want it to be fair, God. I mean, when I have, you know, an ache in my back or a, a, an oak tree that's dying in my yard or... If there's a situation, I'm a problem solver. I want, I want to look at it. I want to examine it. I want to figure it out. And then I want to fix what's wrong and change it and get to it. And, and I surely don't want to invest in a lost cause. I don't want to put more energy if it's not going to get better. I surely don't want to wait three years. Figuring it out. Lord. Ah, this passage is so important for us to get. Jesus is saying that there are no quick remedies 
when we look at the human condition and suffering. There are no quick answers. There's no religious absolutes. He's saying when it comes to suffering, take the long view. And when it comes to judgment, don't get so short-sighted that you miss the opportunity that's right in front of you to settle up and free yourself from the grip of that thinking, from that judgment. Stop judging yourself that you're too far from God's grace. And don't cut someone out of your life too soon or walk away from their pain or even your own and justify it as, well, everybody's just getting their just rewards. Say, I love you. We're being asked to change our mind and stick with it. We're asked to be patient with God during the barren seasons of our life and understand it's a human experience and there's a spiritual thing going on. Believe in the fig tree. Give it a chance to fulfill its purpose because given a little time, maybe another year, it will bear beautiful and wonderful fruit. Leslie and I have this oak tree in our front yard. And we have spent for several years now a lot of time, energy, resources, and frustration on this tree. In 2010 and 2011, you know, we had some dry years, some drought years. And so, I don't know, out of nowhere, this tree started popping up little roots all over the yard. And I guess they were thirsty. It's trying to find water is what I finally found out. It's popping up these roots. Well, it's killing off my grass, which is already struggling, you know. So, Leslie and I, we've spent a lot of energy. We aerated the yard, you know. We... We put fresh sod down. Um, we even installed a sprinkler system and put some fertilizer down to make sure the, gra the new grass wouldn't die and, the, and those roots would get whatever they are needing. I mean, we put some time and energy into this. So you can imagine our surprise when last year, after that, we had like the most abundant acorn harvest we could have. We were like, whoa, baby, we used too much fertilizer. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I mean, you walk out of your front yard, plunk. Plunk, plunk, plunk. I mean, you couldn't even take the kids for a ride on their bike without getting hit. So we, I was reading the Houston Chronicle in October, and I found this article that said, actually, Houston, all of Houston, is having a surplus of acorns. Ten times their average harvest. And so when I read through this article, I was like, oh, my God. Well, Because my first assumption, well, I guess everybody used fertilizer. They, they picked up the same bag I did, but when you... <laughs> When you, when you read a little closer, you see the little uh, biologist, right, tree expert saying it's actually the, they, you know, evolutionary, I would call God's created magic in the trees. <laughs> that oak trees really will every 10 to 20 years will have one of these years. And they call it the mast year. So every 10 to 20 years, they'll just do this, and it's typically following a drought or a dry or tough season. So apparently, these trees have an, a natural beauty rhythm of survival that says, every so often, we're going to hold back our energy all these years, and every so often, we're going to explode, because guess what? If we have 10 times our normal acorns, not every squirrel can pick every nut up, and not everybody can rake them up and get them all in the bag. And that tree and the oak trees will survive. And it's cued. These trees are communicating somehow internally. They're cued by the barren season. The barren season leads to abundance. I picked up Mark's book, and, and he says and affirms that human, being human, 
means that we will experience rough seasons in our lives. He says, try as we do to fight it. We're worn to our beauty one season at a time. In being human, we get hurt and we lose our trust in life and God and each other. And he says, therefore, we need to understand the practice of restoring that trust. And in this, it requires a crucial effort on our part not to prematurely name or define what we encounter, not to cut it too soon, not to form our opinions or our beliefs too hastily. Instead, we're asked to allow time to surround us with the wholeness of life. So the paradox of truth is human experience spiritual being having a human experience this truth can show itself he's sounding this he's sounding a bit like that gardener he's saying you know if you just give it a little bit more time let a little air in that hard soil and let the dump of your days be the fertilizer itself there is good fruit on its way God can and will use that season to bring abundance in your life. And God is trying to break through even now to do so. Even now. Mark Nepo says that there are two things that keep us from not giving a fig and prematurely cutting down our trees. One is fear. So he invites us to face our fears head on and go back into the fire and release its power or its grip on our lives. And he says the other is judgment. He invites us to forgive and let others off the hook before we die. He says when we do this, when we face our fears and release our judgments, we are able to move through the past and into the future. We're able to take that step forward. We're able to turn, repent, and take that first step forward into this new place in our life. We're able to unfreeze ourselves and let the air into the soil and let the long view of possibility into our sight. That's really the key here. You know, I don't know. You know we, none of us really know when somebody is in a season what's going on. And it would be prematurely for us to even assume. But I do know that there is a such thing as fear a fear that's so strong and it can keep you from going into the sanctuary for fear that you'd be struck dead trying to offer your praises to God. Mark Nepo gives an example in his book of a woman who literally faces the fire, faces the fear of the fire and goes back in the fire because she was burned badly as a child. And so some firefighters helped her create the safe experience so that she could put on a suit and go back into the fire and not experience that heat and she could just let her heart open up and expand that's what resurrection mcc creates for you a place a safe place for you to come in and see that god's not going to strike you dead to break through that fear and let you face your faith and all the thoughts you brought with us and all that in safety and ask deep questions deep listening and deep conversation or maybe you're, you're stuck with this judgment thing. Maybe somebody has really cruelly attacked you. Or maybe somebody has impacted your very personal integrity or attacked who you are, your family. Or maybe you've been the victim 
of an accident that you know somehow could have and should have been avoided. To this, God is saying, I am the gardener. And I am right there with you. I have given witness to your pain. I have seen those three years and you didn't get fair weather. And I know that you're dried up. Let me love on you. Let me hold you in the season. I know it didn't make any sense. And I know what you most want is for those people to come and say they're sorry and to say you're right and to take responsibility for their actions. But God says, you are justified in me. You are enough in me. And being right didn't change that past. But grace will save you. Let it go. Let me have it. Good things are on its way. People of God, we're only halfway there. And then get a little weary. But we have all the inspiration we need when we do this together. When we sit through these seasons of our life and don't try to explain them away, but just deeply listen and deeply talk and dialogue and converse about the way God is present in this moment and about to break us free. Maybe so. Amen.